Avian81R8, you're late with your status report. Uh, your tardiness will be addressed in due time. What have you found for me? Captain, we can't hold them off forever. We must. I refuse to go out before that upstart sunken savage. Ah, the Discord. An operation well executed. The Iron Banjos have never been terribly organized. But to think that they could be brought so low by a single flock of seagulls. <laughs> uh, you may return to Warehouse AV1. Don't be late again. Lord Hall. Yes, what is it? The last of the guests for the graduation have arrived, my lord. Very well. I will join them in a moment. Who is that young lady on the dance floor? The one with the abysmal birdwatcher's poker. I believe that is Solis Bertelhall, my lord. Bertelhall? You're quite certain? Indeed, sir. If I may be so bold, I admit that it is quite an odd occurrence. The Bertle Halls rarely leave their estate, even to conduct business. Yes, it has been a while since I last negotiated with Lord Bertle Hall, hasn't it? My lord? You may return to your post. I have a proposition for Lady Solis. It seems we have a most interesting evening ahead of us. <laughs> Ahoy there, crew, and welcome to the Adventures of the Forget-Me-Nots. Episode 9, The Early Bird. All right, crews, listen up. We're down to one week before the Erin Halls attack us. After many hours of consideration, Captain Pembrew and myself have decided that this is not enough time for our crews to prepare an adequate defense or offense against a high family. That means we must strike them when and where they don't expect it. Right now, we are on our way back to the ports of Rebiel. This is where the Arenholes keep their vessels according to Junior Mate Dove. Our plan is to wreck the Arenhole ships and render them unable to bring the fight to us. Are you saying we get to blow their ships up? Indeed! With as much gusto and flair as you can muster up in the next three days. When we are closer to port, I will return to the Discord with several of my crew. We will keep any incoming company away while you destroy the Arenhole fleet. If all goes well, this will buy us some time. It will also, however, anger the Aaron Halls even more. Which brings us to part two of the plan. Corwin, please contain your excitement. <laughs> we get to blow up more things? Angering the Aaron Halls to buy ourselves time leaves us with little choice other than to go for where it really hurts them. I mean, yes, there are other options, but given how many among us hold personal grudges against the Aaron Halls, I doubt there will be much objection to this plan. We're going after the mechanical bird program. 
We'll send spies into Rayaviel to determine where they store the birds, clear the factory of employees, and blow it up. We are going to need so many explosives. Correct. You will work with Otto and two banjos of Hawthorne's choice to mix up as much explosives as you can. No using it for mischief on the ship, though. We're in enough trouble as it is. Aye, aye, Captain. Cassabelle and Gisela, we will need to remove the angry dragon boat from the water. Does the curse containment guide from the citadel hold Dia safely enough to bring her aboard? Aye, Captain. Taz already brought Gia into the lab this morning. She and Celia have read through the containment guide for any information leading to reversal, but nothing yet. Do you think they'll be able to remove the curse? Honestly, I don't know. If Taz can't figure it out, then I don't think it's possible at all. I assume sending extra hands to help them would not be met well right now? Certainly not. I'll be with them to keep them from exhausting themselves. What would we do without you, Gisela? You'd have starved to death ages ago. Naturally. What a send-off from the pirate life, huh? Nah, who would we be if we didn't go out with a bang, right? I couldn't think of a better send-off if I tried. Hmm. We'll have to see about that. What was that, love? Nothing. I should go make sure Dove's doing okay. Okay. Huh. I wonder what's got her acting all suspicious. Sorry, dear. I know you don't like being tinkered with, but we've got to get that stinky curse out of you. And as soon as we do, you can fly around wherever you want, okay? Ow! No biting! <laughs> Even cursed, she's pretty amazing. I've never seen something like her. How did you manage to make something so alive? Lots and lots of sleepless nights hiding from her partner. Hey, it was not that many nights. Four months. You didn't get more than four hours of sleep a night for four months. Was it worth the surprise? You know I adore Gia. But I adore my partner having a healthy sleep schedule more. Admit it, you've been feeling a lot better since you've been sleeping more. Yeah, yeah, I admit it. The whole self-care thing I've been trying since this evening has my brain feeling less all over the place. But, Dia, you asked how I made Dia. I am a specialist in animatronic animation. I never had much interest in weaponry or architecture. I mean, who would want to make little chandeliers that brighten and dim with the time of day when you could make little dragons? Maybe if more of the faculty thought like you, I'd have had a better time. It's all weapons all the time now. Did, did it get that much worse after what I did? Love, you don't have to. No, no. I should know the full consequences of my actions. They were definitely stricter, especially about independent projects. We weren't allowed to access the tinkering rooms until ninth year. I got caught sneaking in once, and you'd have thought I'd committed the crime of the century. The professors really didn't take well to anyone standing up to them, either. A lot of the students got expelled the first few years after you left. Oh, Malice, what have I done? Taz. I really thought I could get through to them, but I just made it so much worse. 
Things were always bad at the Citadel. And sure, after you left, things changed, but the students... We knew the Citadel wasn't infallible because of you. Through everything, we had someone to look up to. I don't know what to do with all this. I don't know how to fix the I don't know and I don't know. She's so angry. Hey, hey, breathe for me, okay? One step at a time, right? With? I don't know. This is the worst I've ever seen, Dia. Step one is to breathe. Then how about you keep checking your books and see if I can look over Gia for signs of corruption. Okay. Okay, we can try that. There you go. Good. Now, I've got to go make lunch, but I'll make a little batch of sweet milk just for us, okay? You know, you're the best, Ella. I know. Be back soon. Checking my old engineering guys, seeing if I missed anything. Okay, sure, I definitely remember how to check for corruption. Easy, don't bite the hand that's helping you. Oh, so you're gonna go for fire now? Burn through a little fuel though. I know you're trying to set me on fire, but that's adorable. Hey, Tazabel? Huh? After you left the Citadel, did you have a hard time using your magic? Not really. I was exhausted from rewiring all the lights and reconfiguring the stairway gears, but... I was still able to use my magic as normal, I think. Not like that. I mean more in terms of... Uh, never mind. Ah. I think I see what you mean. Just forget I asked. No point in dwelling on the past, right? That's easier said than done. The Citadel takes a lot out of you. It would be understandable if the memories of that time were tied to your magic. There's a reason Corwin's the one who handles explosives. I don't like being around them more than I need to. So, I can handle Dia if you'd rather be back on deck. I want to be able to use my magic again. Going back to the Citadel made me realize I want that part of myself back. And the magic, not who I was while I was there. And hey, if we're going to take on the Aaron Halls, there's a certain amount of poetic justice to using the thing they basically took away from me to do it, right? <laughs> You've got a lot of fight in you. I like you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm flattered. What did I say about getting all starstruck on me? Right, right. Sorry, Tazavel. Hey, you hear that? Hear what? Yeah, she's... well, she's calmer.
How's the soup coming along? Almost done. Just needs to simmer. Cornbread's ready. Coming through. And just in time. Bad enough having an extra crew of mouths to feed. <laughs> no table manners, the lot of them. I swear they're worse than the crowd at the Blue Narwhal. Mmm, I need to take this out. Otto, can you finish up the sweet milk for me? Uh, really? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> sure thing, boss. Oh, uh, you'll need the honey butter for the cornbread. Thanks, Otto. Nearly forgot. Well, wish me luck. All right, you scabby bilgerats, I'm coming. Five spoonfuls of caramel, glob of honey mixed combine. Keep it on simmer, stir occasionally. <laughs> that bad? I'd barely turned away before the barnacles shoved the whole pan down their gullets. I, do they even chew? Eh, the banjos like the food, at least. Yeah, I blame you, you know. It's that Mala's clammed honey butter recipe of yours. I've taught you too well. Sure. How's the sweet milk coming along? Decently. Um, have you seen the cinnamon anywhere? Try the second cabinet on your left. There we go. And now for the finishing touch. Hey, Otto. Sweet milk's on the stove, Corwin. No snooping at the recipe, understood. Love you. Bye. Idiot. That's new. Oh, oh, ah, stop, squid. The rest of the crew did, no, squid, 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 squid. Um, hey, Gisela, um, didn't know you were in here. Um, Corwin and I were just, Corwin and I were just, I mean, uh, we weren't just, uh, I, I can't, I know, you may have overheard something, but that's a joke, because we joke about things. We do funny goofs here. It's a goofy goof. Otto, Otto, it's okay. Corwin needs someone to slap some sense to him every now and again, and I can tell that he really cares for you. It takes someone pretty incredible to keep the spy master from snooping. I'm happy for you two. As long as you don't skip work to disappear behind the storage crates. Okay. Okay, deal. Oh, look, the- hey, the sweet milk's done. Hey, uh, can you- can you taste test? Can you taste test it? Of course. Otto? This is fantastic. Really? Uh, thank you. Um, is it- is it close to yours? Definitely. Maybe even better. <gasps> really? I'm going to go take this milk up to Taz. Think you can handle these sea dogs for a bit? You got it. Soup's on, you scurvy scallywags! Hey, Zed. What did you want to ask me about? Well, you know how the captain and Red are leading the crew, and then I'll be captain after that? Duh. It's not like I could forget news that shifts the entire foundation of our crew. Right, right, right. Uh... Well, see, the thing is, I'll need a first mate, someone I trust and, and know as an expert on weapons and all things strategy. Uh, so, so I guess what I'm saying is, what would you say to a promotion, third mate? 
Of course I want to be your first mate. I thought you'd never ask. There's no one else I'd rather have by my side. I mean, Tass or Gisela would probably be better choices. They are a little older than us, more mature. True, but they both made it clear that they don't want a leadership position. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure Gisela would be second mate and not me. Besides, neither of them are my intrepid third mate. You and me leading the forget-me-nots. I never would have thought. Me either. Wait, if I'm first mate and you're the captain, that means... I get to officiate when you and Celia get married. Uh, yeah, you, uh, I mean, when Celia and I, what now? We're, we're, we're nemesises, nemesasses. We're, we're arch rivals, okay? Uh, and? And you get wedding bells out of that? Oh, come on. Honey cakes, dewdrop, most beloved toothpick. That is a distraction technique. And you had no choice but to... Pretend to be a couple at the Citadel Ball? Hmm? We were thinking under pressure. And you aren't turning tomato red right now? I am not. Even Oki sees it. Sees what? Nothing! Nothing! Ah, Celia, good. If you had to compare Zinkus's face to a food right now, what would you say she looks like? About as red as a beet. Ha! Told you I wasn't a tomato, Corwin. You know a beet is redder, though. Right? I, uh, I don't understand, you two. Anyway, Tazabel wanted me to come get you, Corwin. I think we've had a breakthrough. You mean, Dia's cured? Not exactly. It's probably best if you come see for yourself, and uh, keep your voice down when you do. Shh. Oh, for one, two, three, four... And out. Two, three, four, five, six. Uh, boss? What's going on? <laughs> ah, easy girl. <laughs> shh, shh, it's okay. It's amazing. This is the calmest I've seen her since I made her. She's like a whole new dragon. <laughs> but how? I think it has to do with me. I made her. I gave her her personality, so it makes sense that we have an emotional link. When humans experience stress, our immune system is weakened. It follows that when an engineered creature, especially one with as much personality as the uh, experience of stress, their immune system is lower too. Dia has an immune system? Sort of. Most engineered things have a sort of built-in defense that's a byproduct of necromantic magic. It's supposed to protect from corruptive forces that can manipulate behavior, so yes, basically an immune system. And since Dia got cursed and we've had her on the angry dragon boat, I haven't had a choice but to relax. So you taking care of yourself actually saved Dia? I think it did. <laughs> that's amazing, boss. Well, I have to give credit to Celia. She's the one who thought about the immune system. I, I mean, I mentioned it, but Tazavel is the one who followed through. I still couldn't have done it without you. Oh, well, thank you. I don't know if it will last. If she's exposed to the curse again, or I get stressed again. Well, <laughs> for now, she's okay. But what causes the curse in the first place? The curse originated at the Citadel, right? 
If it's abjuration magic causing the curse, then maybe it began as a byproduct of a careless spell from the weaponry department? They're always using too much abjuration over there. What was that? That can't be good. Oh, that is the biofixing damage to themselves. Which means... Cannons! Ahoy there, mateys. Oh, cannons. I always found that cannons are never a bad way to end an evening. Don't you agree? Also, very, very exciting. We've reached over 1,000 listens total. Oh, way to go, and thank you to all of our listeners for giving us a little bit of your time. If you love this episode, come chat with us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Our handle is at ForgetMeNotsPod. Also, take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to help keep this ship afloat, support us on Coffee at ForgetMeNotsPod to get your name read at the end of an episode. Finally, the logo stickers are still available on our coffee shop. From now to April 1st, all proceeds from sticker sales will go to Transgender Education Network Texas. Check out our shop and help us support trans kids. The Adventures of the Forget-Me-Nots was made by the following people. Katie Bailey as creator, lead writer, and co-producer. Gabby McDonald as editor, sound designer, and co-producer. And Molly Borowiak as writer. This episode starred Rory Eggleston as Zinkus McGee, Matt Gagne as Aroya Melden, Ashley Erickson as Retta Mendenhall, Cameron Sterling as Dove, Leah Eggleston as Tazavel Solstara, Molly Borowiak as Gisela Solstara, Greg Bastian as Otto Lingar, Jamie Wong as Oki Lingar, Aiden Anarino as Corwin Nodely and Tivold Aaronhall, Katie Bailey as Celia Nunnally and Dia the Dragon, and Gabby McDonald as Hawthorne Pembrel and The Attendant. Exit music is Urban Gauntlet by Kevin McLeod. Full notes for attribution of sound effects are in the show notes and description. Again, thank you and see you soon for the Adventures of the Forget-Me-Nots, Episode 9, Part 2, A Scavenging.